How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast. We're here with a very special guest. We've got Nor, <laughs> <laughs> and here well, we are off to a great start. Um, choking on my own words, Nora McInerney, author of It's Okay to Laugh, appropriate title, No Happy Endings, Bad Vibes Only, host of Terrible Thanks for Asking. Hello. Hi, hello. It has become a whole thing, and this whole day has become a whole thing because what were the barriers standing in our way to scheduling this, Emily? One the general hot mess expressory of December. Yes. I don't know anyone who's not stressed and stretched then in December, but also yeah. then compelled to put a big smile on because it's the jolly holidays. So that just that and then the darkness of four o'clock and yeah. you're building terrariums today. I'm I'm supposed to be building terrariums. I got that reminder from a friend who booked this for us and our sons this morning. And I was like, yeah, I definitely remembered saying yes to that. I don't know what day it is, any day, but especially in December, I was informed next week is Christmas and that was a shock to me. Mm -hmm. I thought we had more time. It's nine days away. And then 
Um, I got stuck in a, a, there's a parade. There's always a parade happening somewhere. It's the weirdest thing we do as people is line up to watch other people walk down a street. That's a weird thing that I don't know if other animals do that. Yeah. I thought that parades were kind of stressful and scary, but then I got on Krampus parade TikTok where it's like, it's this thing in Austria where it's like people dressed as these devilish figures, but they go and whack people. Like they full on chase people. And I was reading through the comments. People were like, yeah, I had my leg broken as a kid. They're like tackling people to the uh- icy ground <laughs> and like beating them. And people are like, yeah, they leave bruises. It's kind of crazy actually now that I think about it as an Austrian. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. Now that I think about it as an Austrian, um, being assaulted <laughs> at, a, at a gathering of people <laughs> voluntarily, showing up to just – roll the dice and see what kind of injury would be dispensed from you just you just don't wouldn't think about it maybe you, if you don't was... think about it i don't think that's the kind of parade that's happening tonight but we'll see and what we will also see is how long it takes me to get anywhere today because i cannot recalculate a route in my own in my own brain that's not Wait. something that i'm capable of doing are so, you navigating places with your own mind alone no but like Google doesn't know when there's a parade, you know? Oh, They're true. like, take a right. And you're like, I can't take a right. All the roads are closed. Okay. I was trapped in just a bunch of de- literal dead ends, just circling a bunch of dead ends. There was no way out. I was disoriented. <laughs> so, And now you have to get it together in time to make a closed to ecosystem. Go, to go make a closed ecosystem, create some holiday magic, and – it's nine days until Christmas. We, so, we can have it all, ladies. <laughs> Don't you forget. really can. Don't forget. <laughs> Don't forget. It just gets better. Okay. <laughs> Wait. Okay. I know that's we're not here to discuss the terrarians, but I just have to ask, yeah. is it is it closed off? Is it like sealed? Yeah, I, I assume. Um, so my kids are very into creatures small things, small creatures. Um, so we have a couple closed terrariums within our home already. And mm-hmm. um, and they do a really good job with them. Like you open it, you spritz it a little bit from time to time. There's We have a crested gecko that lives in like a, like a terrarium. So the bugs in it eat the poops and then you know, it lives among real plants that are also, you know, do I don't know. And then you maybe add a few crickets every week. And it's so this is something that's already in our home, but we haven't built our own. So this is I don't know what I'm signing up for or why I have to build one. But if you attend, you have to build one. So now we're going to come home with like several more because I will also have to build one, not just okay. assist a child. Okay. We're running out of surfaces. We're running out of surfaces for ecosystems yeah. and creatures within our own family ecosystem. And I think this is why people come to It's Become a Whole Thing. They're here for terrarium talk. <laughs> They're here for... Well, it's okay. It's funny you say that because a huge mycology gal, I've always been into mushrooms, foraging, yeah. like the science of mushrooms. I'm also into... Um, plants and and everything. So there's this whole segment of my life that knows me as this hippie 
hippie girl mixing my tinctures and and making my bone broth and then this other half that knows me as this person yammering on about the kardashians all day and so and because we contain multitudes i love this yeah yeah and then i i did a patreon episode about mushrooms I was just, I was like, I don't think anyone's going to listen to it, but it was, had big success. And then we joked about how we're, we were going to do another episode about beans and people were like, no, we really want this bean episode. I'm like, you guys are, we're just here to hang out. We're just here to chit chat. Yeah. <laughs> there are no, tell us about the beans. We're here for, I don't know how to say the word L-E-G-U-M-E-S. How do you say Le- it? Legume. Is it legume? Okay. I, I always said know. legume, but I don't know. I don't don't, it's one of those words that like I don't want to say it out loud I don't even really like the way it's spelled let's just call it a bean yeah but then I I feel pretentious because I learned it in French but then it's like legume you know it just sounds like yeah it it sounds snobby so yeah we try to fall if I could if I could speak French that's all I would do just like if I could sing I would never speak again I would force everybody to live in a musical (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm going to say something and for my yeah. Quebec listeners, you guys don't be offended cuz you know this is true. You would probably want to learn French from France. Mm, okay. Our French here in French Canada is like the kind of like countryside Australian version of English to you know, British yeah. or like American English. Oh, like- I, well, I think Australian English is better than English oh. English or American English. So that's uh, maybe I do want to learn French Canadian. I love it. It's it's crass and harsh. And yeah. usually people arrive and they're shocked and they're like, what is going on? And also it's just it's this funny thing where like all the swear words are objects in the church. It's like a funky language. Oh God, I love that. I love yeah. knowing that. Yeah. Quebec, it is its own little closed yeah, it's ecosystem. Its own, we'll just it's, say it's that. A, it's a it's a little terrarium. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I actually so I I mentioned that you were going to be on the pod and a lot of people were excited and I was wondering on the topic of podcasting about other things so you have this incredible empire of talking about how people are really doing checking in getting into the real nitty-gritty of life but if there was another thing that you could be podcasting about what would that be if you were starting from scratch so funny that you're bringing this up because this is all I think about all the time. And I have like this whole running list of weird topics that I want to talk about. And it would be books written by Real Housewives slash mm-hmm. Bravo yep. Liberties because there are at least, I think, 48 books published by Real Housewives throughout the franchise. That includes cookbooks, but still, that's so many books. I would talk about old, like self help as a culture. Um, my I collect old weird books, so they're like just out of view. But I have all these old self help books that, if I find a self help book from like the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, I'm buying it, um, and I'm placing it on my bookshelves over there because. They literally never change. They're all the same thing. And I just think that is so diabolical. (laughs) I really do. I think it's so diabolical that the gist of all of them is like, maybe it's your fault. (laughs) Okay. 
I mean, yeah. Maybe it's your maybe, fault. Maybe individualism is the way. Maybe yeah. it's just maybe all it all on comes us. down to you. Okay. Maybe it's just your inability to win friends and influence people. Okay. Maybe that's what it comes down to. Um, Have you ever just thought of looking at the glass half full? Yeah. Did Have you, you ever- thought about like, yeah. <laughs> Have you thought about how your thoughts become things? Have you thought about the energy that you're attracting and how God actually wants you to be prosperous? And here are 15 Bible verses that prove it. Um, I would talk about that. I would talk about Real Housewives books specifically, but also just like old Real Housewives seasons as a true reflection of culture at the time in a way that current okay i just did a rewatch of all of roni and the reason that the current season of real housewives of new york is so it unbearably boring which it is like they are they are grasping so hard like they thought that they could bring in uh jenna lyons and she would strap the franchise on her back like lay it down and gently give it mouth to mouth and it would revive and it won't because what you need to make a truly successful Real Housewives cast is real relationships before the camera starts rolling and delusion, a certain amount of delusion and decades of unspoken tension in these relationships. Like yeah. you need a Harry Dubin to, yeah. to thread it all together. You need a man that they've all slept with or almost slept with or dated or almost dated. You need, you know, like like just old social tensions that don't exist in this current iteration because the entire cast is too self-aware and is just so baldly trying to use this as a platform to launch their own personal brands. Roni season 14 is purely an infomercial for Jenna Lyons eyelashes. That's and all it Jenna, is. And whatever else she put in her bag of tchotchkes for the girls that she'd give out like every week. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's it's so boring. They're trying so hard. Like no one believed that Jessel's husband was really like doing something nefarious flying you know, I know. To, to, to like they just had to try to drum something up. It was just so boring. It was so boring. Oh I god, I feel as though I feel as though COVID really accelerated this. Where it's a lot of dynamics of let's sit around the table and play a game to get to know each other. I'm like, no, I don't want games, and I want you Mm-mm. to already know each other, I and I want you to be other. bringing up inappropriate things from your past. Yes. Yeah, yes. those old tensions to simmer. That's why I also yeah. like my housewives to be like older than me. Just I want them to have lived lived yeah. life. Yes. And and to be at a point in their life where they truly don't give a fuck. And mm-hmm. uh, that's making me feel kind of fortunate about my own setup over here because we cover for the most part older yeah. reality shows and then get into, you know, what what that says about us now versus at the time. And originally it was to look back at early 2000s shows, but I, I'm finding mm-hmm. that even shows from like 2014 have, it could not be made now. Oh, no, 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 no. And I like, I had a Patreon only show called Nobody Asked with my friend Caroline Moss about early 2000s reality because it was so uh, cruel 
and so strange and so normalized for all of mm-hmm. us. Like I was in college, I think, when Extreme Makeover was on TV yep. and not a single part of me, not one single bit of my Midwestern, basically Canadian self said, do you think it's good for a person to be on TV, be picked apart, told they're ugly, and that they can be rebuilt in the image of, you know, uh, 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 Pamela Anderson <laughs> and yeah. not have that damage them completely? Not one part. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's an ugly person. Make her pretty. The swan? Because all – yes, the swan. Like, like Extreme Makeover Home Edition was a spinoff of Extreme Makeover. Like where we were like, let's destroy a person physically and rebuild yeah, them. I know. I, I have it seared into my mind. I think this was on The Swan where some of the women would would get off the show because they had to be in hiding, I think, while they were recovering. And then they yeah. find their kids again for the first time. The kids sometimes would be crying because they didn't yes. recognize their mom. Yeah. Whatever. This isn't a dig on plastic surgery. Please yeah. do whatever do whatever you, you want. want with your face. But, yeah. but the premise of it, The Swan – yeah, yes. so incredibly damaging. But back to the cast dynamics, I don't know if this is this show is popular or not, but did you watch Summer House Martha's Vineyard? I can't watch any spin-offs. I can't okay. watch Summer So I haven't watched any Summer House. I've like I I don't want to watch Below Deck. I don't like boats. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's- so I'm purely real mm-hmm. housewives and then I I was a late Comer to you know when there's like one little like gnat sort of that comes out of your plants and is like just hovering around you and just keeps like they just float like this I don't know we call them flying little shit guys we don't know what they are um that's happening to me it's gonna make me insane um stop I have the one I I do I do days I call plant hospital but my I have a plant with that that sits right next to my podcasting desk and I've for the last like two weeks I felt little gnats they'll like tickle my face and then I'll be like okay as soon as I get off the mic I'm gonna fix it I'm gonna get more soil I haven't done it yet no. So, but also, I don't know what to do to kill the little eggs. I read that it was. I think you need to completely change out yeah, the soil redo it. and, and yeah. put some cinnamon Shit. in there, and oh, yeah, God, it's like a whole. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. I know, Ugh. I know. That's why, but that's Ugh. that requires so much the hardware store. So yeah. much. I'm gonna get. God, I'm gonna get more soil. Great. Yeah. Um, they're not just giving dirt away anymore. Um. <laughs> okay, so I started watching Vanderpump only after. Scandaval, but mm-hmm. I watched the you know the that season like the last yeah. season. Then I started over at the beginning and did a catch up, and watched it with you know because I was watching it all the time. Like my kids were around, and primarily like my littler kids, so a ten year old boy and a seven year old boy. And I really think of it as a amazing parenting tool, especially if you are raising presumably straight sons to be like, what do you see? on screen right now. Like, what are you seeing? And like, we'll pause it and they'll be like, that boy was mean to his girlfriend, but now he's blaming her that he was mean to his girlfriend. I was like, yes, that is exactly right. That's exactly right. That's, oh yeah, God. Jax okay. is wrong in this instance. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I've unironically been pushing Vanderpump Rules as a tool for managing grief for a while now. Mm. Vanderpump has been yeah. key for me in that way. 
it's been it's been my favorite show for a while and oddly i i can't count at this point the number of people over the years that have unfortunately gone through a loss and been like okay i took your advice and i started watching and it's it's really it's a really great distraction like yeah but i'm like now i can add it's a teachable moment for your young children it really is it really is and i'm like weird about the other media they watch and so don't ask me why this one is okay i guess because it's on and i don't want to not watch it um but i also think i also think real housewives of New York specifically, has so much grief in it, has so much grief. And I had not put that together till the rewatch and I put the timing together and was like, oh, I was watching this in real, like in real time when I was widowed. So I was seeing these conversations between Carol and the rest of the group and people being like, oh, my God, enough about your dead husband, Dorinda. And like kind of seeing the long tail of grief and what my future could look like, too, which is like, oh, mm-hmm. this is going to stick with me, you know, and people are not necessarily going to understand it. And the more I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, it I think there's a lot in Roni that is a really good grief watch, truly. Oh, yeah, and and for me it was like when when I knew that I was going to be imminently joining the Dead Mom Club, I actually yeah. well, I was thinking about my peers and and who had lost a parent. I couldn't really think of anyone, but so Vanderpump Rules became my blueprint because on one side I had Ariana Maddox who had lost her dad on the show mm-hmm. and dealt with it gracefully and kind of in her own way, and then we had the Jacks and Lalas that used it as this uh, carte blanche to just be throwing drinks in people's faces and screaming about how everything's about them because they lost a parent. And I was like, okay, I, I have now, like I have the devil and the angel here, like of yeah, what I could do with this. And I need to make a conscious choice to not make the, the lives of the people around me a, a nightmare. Mm. Mm. I also think when you, rewatching that too, as a person with a dead dad, what I saw in Jax and Lala was like a reality of grief that is ugly and that people want to pretend doesn't exist, which is just the unprocessed grief emerging as rage. Um, And I felt a lot of that. Maybe not so much about my dad, honestly, but, um, <laughs> but, but about my husband for sure, you know? Mm-hmm. And It's interesting that Ariana handled it in such a quiet way, but in in reunions afterwards, she was pissed about that. And it's really not that she handled it so well. It was that everybody pretended it didn't happen, so so did she. Yeah. And there's, I think, actually something to be said. I I used to be very anti- denial or very anti mm-hmm. like uh stuffing things in a little box and closing the lid but i actually think there's something to be said for there are times when you have tragedy that occurs and you're not ready to to deal with it it's yeah. okay to put it away and it's yeah. it's going to come out eventually it's it, really it will. will come out so you can take that lid off yourself when you're ready or it'll just burst open very it'll messily. burst open yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> either way but yeah 
but yeah, there's just, there's something to be said for that because I, I know now, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess it's not, you know, this incredible example, someone who's basically not talking about their tragedy because there's issues with that. But I think it was more for, I I just wanted to really not be taking everything out on my support system. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I know. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's like very astute of you. And I, I don't think I had any really good examples of that. Like I think Carol and Dorinda later in later seasons, like it's so clear that so much of Dorinda's problem is like the trauma of watching someone die and then just mm-hmm. like plugging along, right? And being like, things are good, right? Like <laughs> things are great. We're things all are good. I made it nice. Yeah. We're all gonna have a good time. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's like, yeah, maybe you should deal with that before you get into another relationship, before you put yourself on national television. <laughs> like, I know. I know, but then it's it's so I know the whole dichotomy of these Bravo shows is that we we watch to see abhorrent mm-hmm. behavior and yeah. then when it's there, then now there's this kind of pushback yeah. and people calling for them to get fired or tearing them apart online. I'm like, let it let it happen. Let it play let out. Let it happen. Let them be let them be a little ugly because I also think like I I do think that it's somewhat brave in a lot of these situations as we have probably always known but now know a little bit more clearer from some of the revelations that have come out about this kind of TV. We've always known that some of these situations are, if not completely orchestrated, mm-hmm. a bit contrived. Um, but I do think that there's like a bravery to – putting yourself out there in whatever way you do and to like being forced to look at yourself while other people are looking at you too, you know? And I think like the best kind of, you know, reunions or the best sort of reflections on Roni are, or any sort of Real Housewives franchise are when people are like, yeah, that was a little nuts. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, I can see. I can see the same thing you do, right? Like, yeah, a, a, a drop of self-awareness. We don't want too much. Yeah, we don't want too much self-awareness. But like, you know, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is relatively new, right? And like that worked from the beginning, not just because of Jen Shaw, but because these women had a lot of backstory, like a lot of connection, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. Yeah. Whether they're distant I mean, cousins or like friends for 10 years or like ran in the same circles. Like there was more than just, oh, we were all cast together on the same show. Yeah. And and yeah, knew each other from childhood and everything. And yeah. And yeah, if 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 spin-offs are for you are not for you, then then, you know, disregard. But for me, that's why I loved Summer House Martha's Vineyard because mm. it was just a group of people who've all been going to Martha's Vineyard together for a couple of summers okay. and and really had this camaraderie. And a lot of them had worked um, – a lot of the women had all worked at Playboy before in years okay. past. So they would Now you're about- selling me. Now you're selling me on this. This is great. And, well, so I was sold episode one when the one of the people sat everyone down was like, let's play a game. The other one, one person immediately was like, let's not. Like, can we not do this like corny <laughs> – 
contrived shit. I was like, amazing. And they just kept going with their dinner. I was yeah. like, this is this is a normal dinner. We yes, don't that's need, normal people. We don't need the theatrics. Just yeah. let just let things simmer and and let things happen. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So harkening back to the whole anger, rage side of things, it's mm. funny because that was actually a listener question or rather something that they wanted us to bring up, which was just the the anger, rage side of grief. And yeah. it's it's one of the stages of grief, but that mm-hmm. name is such false marketing because it's just a grab bag. And it is. <laughs> it is. it's just like the yeah. seven stages. There's no like it implies you're kind of like moving up a ladder, you know, and yeah. then you get to the top and you're healed. <laughs> yeah. Trademark, it's like a heal, kaleidoscope. You know. Yeah. 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 It's just a random, it's just a random mixed bag and you reach in and there might be nothing one day mm-hmm. or yeah. there might be all seven at once, all competing yeah. for your attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I think anger is like something that we don't like in people, period right? And we like mm-hmm. people who are grieving to be good. We like dead people to be good, right? Which is kind of why we like sanctify them as soon as possible. We're like, mm, and they were the best dad, actually. Um, <laughs> they were actually no flaws, none, 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 none. Um, we don't like angry people. We don't like angry women. We really don't like angry women. And in the US, and I don't know how much of this has seeped into Canada, but like we really use gratitude as like just a blunt object used to bludgeon people into or out of, I should say, out of their grief and into something that's more palatable, right? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, so these are things that I heard um, while your husband died. Well, at least you got to say goodbye. Well, at least you fell in love once, right? Well, at least, you know, at least he didn't suffer. Everything yes, Of course he fucking reason. suffered, dude. Of course he suffered. He had brain cancer. You think a tumor grows in a closed 
terrarium, a closed ecosystem, your head and doesn't hurt, you know, like snipping apart who you are, which is where what you what your brain keeps your yourself um, and just like at least he didn't suffer. No, he suffered. Right. Like, no, like we all suffered. Um, I don't know that there's like a great death, but he definitely didn't have one. He had a as good of possible of a bad death as you can um, as like whatever kind of scale. And it's just this, I think that the anger is for me was a reaction to this huge dissonance between what I was feeling and what everybody expected me to be feeling. And the fact that, you know, I got three days of bereavement leave after my dad died. So I literally like went to the funeral and then the Monday after I was back at the desk that I'd left in a hurry and there was like the remains of the coffee in the bottom of my mug at my cube. And I just remember being like, this coffee was for my dad when my dad was alive. And I had had like a miscarriage. I'd needed a DNC five, you know, five days before that, six days before my dad died. So it was just like, huh, was this coffee from when I was still pregnant? Just like you're just walking through a world that is largely unchanged except for the change that you've experienced. Mm-hmm. And people are not super comfortable with crying, but at least they can be like, pat, 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 you know, pat, right. pat. Um, you don't seem like I, – I mean, I think I do seem like a person who can rage out. I don't see you as like – did you experience like anger when your I'm, mom was dying or died? Well, so my mom was – quite a feisty lady and so like one of the the things that we would often say like as soon as people um came and visited and left the room she'd be like oh real original cancer patients inspiring oh my god if i hear one more fucking person yeah 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 like if i hear one more fucking person tell me i'm inspiring i'm gonna throw my shoe like i just (laughs) i was like yeah because yeah yeah, we're not like it it doesn't have to be this whole Hocus pocus. I'm more, mm, I get more just kind of floating away, Mm -hmm. like floating off from earth and just kind of, yeah, floating around, not really being present. I I love it. I love a good dissociation. So Mm -hmm. not so much on the anger side of things, but um, you might appreciate this. So she got to die pretty epically. We have medically assisted death in Canada. So thank fucking God. Thank I fucking God. I know. And, and I actually I, I I need to just woman up and start talking about this on the internet because I, mm-hmm. I have I do lectures now for medical practitioners. So mm. conferences of doctors yeah. and I talk about the patient side and how yeah. it's it's positive because they're um for the large part too scared to do it. So most will refuse to even do it or yeah. bring it up. And and so I destigmatize it. I help. Mm-hmm. I try to help to destigmatize it because they don't even have enough people to do it. So um, we got to have this in place, and we got to make a playlist. And one of the songs on the playlist was "Not Ready to Make Nice" by the Dixie Chicks. Oh, I love it! <laughs> oh, so good. I love it. God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's it's beautiful. A- oh yeah, yeah. I know because that's. That's really what it's all about. And it's yeah. so it's so ironic because I got I I got preparation for the whole process from 
my mom's past. So she worked with dying people for 30 mm. years. She worked with dying cancer patients for 30 years. She was a palliative care social worker and then took, you know, retired and then promptly took a turn herself yeah. in the hot yeah. seat, so to speak. So it, it, no breaks, no retirement. Sorry. No, I know. God, I know. Fuck. I know. Ugh. Yeah. Now we got the other Who's yeah. woo? Uh, he's on his way. Yeah, he's on his way out too. Now uh, we're on a whole dementia journey. So we're yeah. just we're just live laugh live laugh loving <laughs> live, over laugh. here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> living in a nightmare, <laughs> laughing about the nightmare. Yes, <laughs> loving yes. the nightmare, <laughs> loving it. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just I I read I I think that everyone deals with it differently but I it yeah it's so uh easy and helpful to to keep chatting about it and I know it connects yeah. others so I know I think you're you're cut from the same cloth uh yeah but I wasn't like I like got rewoven into this cloth because I I mean, I don't know. I was like Catholic growing up, so we do a lot of funerals. Like we can – like a funeral awake is like – I went to a lot of funerals and wakes as a kid. I mean, truly mm-hmm. our culture was like, someone died. We got to go. We got, Get in the car. We got to wake to go to. You know, my mom would be like, oh my God, my friend from grade school, her mom's best friend died. Get in the car. There's a wake. We got to go. Get in the car. Get in the car. Time to go. Um and so I went to a lot of stuff like that. I did not see a lot of the – I didn't see a lot of dying. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a lot of dying. I didn't see any of it, really. Like, And it's such a – I think it can be a really, really beautiful experience. And there were parts of it that were extremely beautiful. That was the privilege of my life, truly. Same. And like just holy, holy. I, I don't know what I believe anymore, but the closest I've ever felt to – God or the universe was was being there. And like with my dad and with Aaron and uh, I had a complicated relationship with my dad, but he really gave us – he gave us a good movie scene with his his death. It was – he really did – he did a good job. Um, you know, gave everyone like a little pep talk. Not my brother. He was in the kitchen getting water, unfortunately, <laughs> but the rest of us. And uh, <laughs> like – and – I, but I lived in the same kind of avoidance that was probably really painful for other people around me. And one of the people I grew up with, who's still one of my best friends, his dad died when we were in our mid 20s, right before I met Aaron. And his dad died, and I did like all the things you do, which is like go to the wake, go to the funeral, bring a casserole, bring a card. And then I just like was like, okay, so I'll never bring up my dad again and I'll never bring up his dad again. And like I'd known his dad almost as long as I'd known him. You know, like his dad used to prank mm-hmm. call me at college and leave things on my answering machine that like my roommates mm-hmm. could hear. <laughs> Be like, yeah, we got the results of your test. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're going to want to get come back in, get that rash checked out. Like he would just – he was so funny. He was so weird. He'd prank call – like he just was such a weird, funny dude. And instead of ever asking my friend how it felt, I just pretended it hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I'm As I'm listening to your story, I'm just getting yeah. the chills a little bit because I also had a complicated relationship mm-hmm. with my mom. And that, that that's something that doesn't get talked about because, because yeah. people get 
turn into saints. But she yeah. also worked on uh, qualitative research about death and dying and specifically the role of denial and silence and how that uh, affects family members who have lost people. Yes. <laughs> she actually completed her last research project like in her in her hospice bed. Very much, very cinematic. Yeah. <laughs> so I and, need and, all of this information. I literally need you to send me all this information. I would love Everything. to. Yeah. I I would love yeah. to. And that's Everything. why it's it feels yeah. good to to carry on that legacy yeah. because she had experienced this upbringing of, you know, we don't talk about it. We don't get into it. Yeah. It's all very hush hush. I think even one of the works, one of her works was called like, Shh, you know, just all caps and, and then went to India just in the seventies by mm -hmm. herself, just tootling around and saw people getting cremated out in the street. And it was like this contrast. And that's when mm -hmm. she decided she wanted to work work with death and dying and, and then was like oh fuck like now yeah shit okay she's like <laughs> now it's every, my turn yeah <laughs> she's like every single one of her patients her entire life said that they didn't think it would happen to them and yeah. she's like well same like, <laughs> lol me too yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but but yeah so she she was angry and and truthfully, I don't know, maybe I'll have um, emotions that have to, that will come out later on. I think there's a certain level of me trying to varying degrees of success mm -hmm. to keep it together now because we're still in caregiver mode. We're yeah. still, I'm, you know, like yeah. it's, yeah, you know, like we, we've both lived our own existence of I don't know, stacking tragedies. What what would you call it? Like yes, yeah, yeah. We're just we're get, getting that punch. I think. Are you too young for like a punch card where it's like? Oh no, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. It's like okay, I'm all full, and then just like another one happens. I think. When did your mom die? So November 2020. Oh, and shit. Jesus, dude, that was so recent. Okay, so just yeah. three years. Just three, three years. years. Three, three years. years. Yeah. yeah, we just had the funeral last month. Actually, it kept getting canceled because um of covid and too many other people in our family almost dying etc <laughs> yeah and then you're also living at like a very so it's like your mom was sick for how long seven months just okay seven so it's months. like same, same with my dad it was just like peace and like so she's what sick kind of, sorry what kind of cancer did your dad have he look he was in vietnam at, okay. when he was 17 um and so and we had gotten like you know, cards from the Viet, uh, no, the Viet, the VA hospital, the VA, the VA hospital that were like, "Hey, you were exposed to chemicals in Vietnam. Come on down, get checked for cancer." And I literally remember him even in like high school being like, "What the fuck would I want to know?" You know, just like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." So he had esophageal cancer that went to everywhere, like okay. just yeah. everywhere. Like by the time he found out, it was like, "You have cancer." Mm -hmm period. It's just, you have it. Like you will, you will just continue having it. And he did maybe like a month of chemo and was like, why would I feel like shit for if I don't have, you know, like mm -hmm. why did I yeah. do something that just makes me feel worse? But what, and then he, so we found out in like maybe May or June died in October. And what I was going to say to you is like, you know, there's that on-ramp, she dies. There's also just like, by the way, on ramp, she dies. It's also all this like 
normal life stress on top of sick mom, dead mom stress on top of like global stress. And then also like your dad. So you just have been living at this elevated cortisol rate for so long that like that's homeostasis now. Yes. I don't like, know. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. it's like to be outside yeah. of this. Really, it's my whole body, you know, that's just mm-hmm. reacting to to the, these situations. But I've been in this reactive state for now, I guess, yeah. three plus three and change. I'll round it up to four years with the illness. Um, but yeah, it, and and it's odd too because the dementia aspect of it, there's no real it's it's not very clear, you know, what the timeline is. Yeah. With my mom's illness, it was like very clear. It was like, okay, you have two to twelve months left, guaranteed. Yeah. And so okay. <laughs> and and there's some funny experiences that I feel fortunate in that where you know, you talk about the world moving on and mm. and I know I hear a lot of people in those situations talk about that. But for me, it was still when people weren't weren't hugging, weren't you know, mm-hmm. pre-vaccine, everything. Yeah. So yeah. anyone, you know, you'd, you'd go and any casual conversation, even at a store with your mask on, people would be like, I'm not okay. Are you not okay? And you'd be like, no, no <laughs> not even knowing your not. particular situation, yeah. just buying groceries people would be you know tearing up and so I was like am I the main character like the whole world is just (laughs) (laughs) on my level like we're all in this yeah (laughs) and so I I wasn't expected to carry on with my life and also I had transported my life across Mm -hmm. the country given up my my job and my apartment and everything so it was also like okay now establish myself in my new city yeah. Figure out job living situation, everything. Yeah. Yeah. All at once. Yeah. And then and then launch this this whole business here. Yeah. This whole microphone this whole thing. <laughs> talking into a screen business. Yeah. And and so it's just there's a certain level of just kind of carrying on. Um but yeah, and even the pat on the back, um, I I actually it was weird because it was at a time where you couldn't like hug or even pat on the back or anything. So because of that, I've grown extremely resistant to people meaning really well, but giving me these sympathetic looks because that's all people could do. So we would just stand there and then, and then I'd be like, when can I break eye contact? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to get home to watch my stories. (laughs) And wouldn't I prefer to just have like a fucking hug? Right. Or just someone sitting next to me on the couch watching mm-hmm. what I'm watching. Like yeah. that's – yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, speaking of sitting on the couch, um, I had a question from a listener about whether they think dissociating is healthy and they also talked about – it was it was how do you yeah. get through the first year of grief and is dissociating healthy? And I thought of this video I just saw of you where you responded to – this guy talking about how watching TV is the lowest level of vibration and and everything. Shut the fuck up. Well, I know. (laughs) I mean, my true, my true nightmare would be spending my time with some like ice bath bro. Who's like talking about maximizing your potential. Um, I actually listen to four podcasts at once. I actually wake up. Actually, I'm the most efficient because I actually don't sleep. I've actually, I don't need to anymore. I know, like, I know. And like that, yeah. I'm so and- in tune with my wife. 
We literally <laughs> can't watch TV because we have to look at each other's eyeballs and connect <laughs> all the time. I, like I know, I know. We like stare into each other's eyes as we, as we do our positive affirmations. Me. I yeah. know, yeah. And and you know, neither of us are trained, you know, trained therapists, no. experts Mm-mm. in the field, just a certain level of lived experience. But I would say I don't know another way of getting through this crazy world with other than dissociating at times or a lot of the time. Yeah. I don't either. And also I feel like I've kind of been doing it my whole life. Like I just Mm -hmm. would be like, Hmm, I'm going to get in my own brain and just settle in with a nice little story. I'm going to tell myself like, you know, before I had technology to distract myself, I was like, I'm just going to go inside my own head and tell myself a story that I'm married to the middle Hanson brother. Um, We're both 12. That makes sense. (laughs) You know, I'm just gonna leave this reality and just boop into another one. And I'm trying to think uh, of the middle one, I'm trying to picture him. He's the only cute one. Okay, they've all kind yeah. of had a glow up. Though. I think now they're all pretty, but he was the only pretty one. Could okay. I remember his name? No, no, I couldn't. But I couldn't. I don't. I don't think anyone remembers yeah. their name. It was just the Hanson. Hanson. Hanson it was just Hanson, yeah. guys. It was just yeah. Hanson. Um, I think like the first year is just so disorienting. And so overwhelming and everything is a first. And I just remember having that realization. Just I had gotten on a plane with my son and I just remember thinking, this is the first time I'm getting on a plane since Aaron died. This is the first time I'm buckling the seat, right? This is the first time I'm stepping into and we're coming down here to see his family. Uh, I now live in Phoenix, Arizona. And I just remember being like, this is the first time I'm in Arizona, you know, like I just everything is a first. Everything is a first. And then the second year, this is just fucking life. And this is how it's always going to be, except it's going to keep changing also. But you don't realize that. And there will still be first, but they won't be every minute of every day, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I – I I would say most of my my coping mechanisms were deeply unhealthy, and it's also because you know Aaron got sick in 2011, and like I, no one talked about going to therapy, you know. No. no, and also like there was not when would I have gone, you know? Like I had a job, I had a baby right afterwards. I had a husband who was also working and sick and doing all this stuff. Like there was not – I the culture of work even in 2011 was I would be like, okay, I have a dentist. Do you think I could go to the dentist this week? Like no. you'd ask for t- – like can I, can I go to the dentist? Can I go to the dentist? Can I go yeah. to the hospital with my husband? Um, yeah, ten just, step ten step night care like self care routines weren't even like invented yet, let alone no an option. No, so strange. So uh, yeah, I it was it was a it was a simpler time. It was a worse time and uh, the best I, of times, the worst of times. It was literally so much the worst the of times. Yeah, I, I, all my coping mechanisms were unhealthy. I spent that entire year so far out of my body that. Like it just everything was painful. Everything was excruciating. And I think the most helpful thing I ever did was like meet my friend Mo, who I didn't want to meet because her husband had also died and the coffee shop ladies 
at the coffee shop Northeast in Minneapolis. We're like, you have to meet Mo. You have so much in common. Your husband's our dad. That that was it. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Do we have so much in common? And it turned out we didn't need anything else in common. Like now she is my sister. Now she is my like soulmate. But having one person who could go through all of that stuff alongside of me was incredibly helpful. Do I wish I would have gone to therapy earlier? Yes. Did I have the could I couldn't have I I couldn't bear it. I literally couldn't bear it. So um you know, and I had a kid and it's like telehealth was not really even a thing. And then even then too, it's like people are like, oh, it's a stigma. No, it's the access. It's the access more than the stigma. It's the fucking access. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. do you have insurance? Okay. Well, therapists can't all take insurance because guess what? The insurance companies don't pay them. So um, it's it's access. And I did not have the access. And then even when I did, it felt like, okay, I'm taking time away from work and I have to work because I have a kid. So I don't know. Like I I drank a lot. That was not good. And I spent way too much time on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I would say much of the same except mm-hmm. replace um, the booze with infinity amounts of weed. <laughs> And <laughs> that that would have probably been better for me. It was harder yeah. to get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I was <laughs> – yeah, here uh, it's abundant. And that's actually yeah. – ironically, I was working at a weed store um, before I had to give that job up and yeah. head over. But they're owned by – they're provincially owned. So mm. it's like a technically a government job. So I got oh. leave. I got caregiver leave, which was – Damn, Canada, open your doors. Let us all in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'm like, we need to, we need to set up some kind of um, business, like sister wife marrying Americans to get them, yeah, <laughs> get them yes. over here. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and overspending, which I'm oh, still same. digging myself out of that hole, and then mm-hmm. getting slightly emerging, and then getting myself back in, which yeah. I'm realizing is, I don't want to say universal, but It's very common. It's very common. It's very common. Like people would be like, I'm so poor. I just bought a truck. I just bought a, you know, and I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I get it. Who knows how many pairs of like, you know, cheap old Navy workout pants I bought. Oh my God. A lot. I, I a lot. Yeah. My, um, my friend Sammy, often a co-host on here was the best at being like, lovingly and respectfully the clothes you're buying right now are for like a 16 year old influencer and i don't <laughs> know where you're gonna wear those things <laughs> like, you're like some neither do i crop top terry cloth like yeah set I, yeah i don't know either i, I don't know returned all of it or or lost the receipt didn't yeah. get to it in time but yeah it it yeah. is it is messy but dissociating is is important because i didn't ask to be here i didn't be asked to deal with yeah. all this so I am certainly not going to be fully present for all of it. You simply cannot be. You simply cannot be. And also it's like we are living in a world that like our bodies aren't even built for too. Yeah. So, you know, the horrors persist, but we do not, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like we, we, you simply cannot. And to bear all of that, like the collapse of like 
the broader world, your mm-hmm. own personal world, your internal world all at once, that's too much. That's too yeah. much for anyone. So I I think like it's very easy to be judgmental of a grieving person when you have not been given the time and space to grieve. So, you know, like, well, I got through it, right? Like, well, I, I didn't have to, you know, blah, blah. Like, if you were not given endless compassion or empathy, you might believe it's also a non-renewable resource and you might act accordingly. If you haven't been there, if you've not been through this thing, you might believe uh, you're doing it wrong and this is how I would do it. And you simply don't know. You don't know until it's you. And then when it is you, you might feel like I did, calling my friend the minute my dad died to say, like, I am so sorry I never asked about your dead dad. I cannot believe you've been living like this for five years without a dad. And he's like, what is going on? I was like, oh, sorry, my dad just died, but we have to talk about yours first Um, because I've been <laughs> not a good friend. Are you okay? He was like, yeah, no, I'm okay today. Like, do you need – your dad died? I was like, yeah, dude. Like, you know, it, it's it's – you kind of just don't get it till it's too late. And I do see – I see a lot of people on TikTok who are like recording their grief. I feel really strongly about this and um, I see a lot of judgment around it too where people be like, oh, so you had time to like set up a tripod and like cry in front of it. And I'm like, yeah. And honestly, you should because you are so disconnected from yourself that sometimes it feels like it didn't happen, right? Like and and those giant waves of grief really do feel like a riptide and i remember crying so hard cuz a kesha song came on and <laughs> it reminded me of aaron <laughs> and like i was driving crying i had to pull over and throw up on the street and then keep driving and and it was uh <laughs> I hear the heart, your heart beat to the beat of the drum. Uh, he used to sing that to our baby and go, oh, what a shame that you came here with your mom and like make our baby dance. <laughs> it's not the things that you yeah. think are going to get you. No, it's Kesha die young, which then he did. Um, like. Talk about uh, talk about a cruel yeah. irony, no, right? I know it's it's those <sighs> it's like those Kesha songs. It's like those yeah. moments. And actually, when you mentioned the coffee cup, how you had this coffee cup on your desk, for yeah. me, like I don't know. I'm sure you get similar comments where they're like, "Oh, thanks for talking about this. That's brave." Mm-hmm. I'm like, this does not feel brave. In fact, I feel no. just compelled to keep running my mouth about yeah. all this, and I don't feel. Um, I don't feel saddened by talking about it. It's when I look at specifically ingredients, that's what gets me all the time. I'll be like, this salt outlived my mom or like, yes, this, this like mustard was purchased probably by my mom did not. She probably didn't know that the mustard would outlive it. Like all those things get me or, or some yes. uplifting yeah. song or what have you. It, yeah, it, it's very unexpected. And I actually, even just this week, like it's so it's so ongoingly messy. I embarrassed myself so much and I was like, I'm not gonna tell anyone about this. So I guess here I am talking about it on the podcast. But I was <laughs> I was upset about this encounter I had with my dad and um I dealt with it by 
getting stoned to the bone and deciding mm-hmm. I wanted to be nostalgic and get freezies. Like, do you call them freezies? Yeah, it's uh-huh. like those yeah, tubes. Yeah. Of the, yes, yes, yeah, freezies. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. But I was mm-hmm. like too lazy to go walk and get them. So I was like, I'm Uber eating freezies to myself. Yeah, and they were like, it, oh, yeah, that's fine. Right. But yeah. they were like, they only come in packs of five. And so yeah. I was like, okay, I'll, I was selecting my my flavors. Yeah. I didn't realize I was ordering five packs of five. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> this huge bag that I couldn't fit in my freezer showed up. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, I'm <laughs> okay. not individually. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, I need to, like, for high the evidence. You freeze them, right? Yeah. But I also was yeah. just like, I don't. I can't, like, do, I can't bear I, this right now. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's this kind of um, area near where I live. It's just like, it's sort of like a table and people put things that yeah. are to give away and they're kind of gone within five minutes. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to go put it there. Like, yeah. I'm going to keep you know, a couple. Just enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> the the five you wanted. Yeah. Yes. And in the process, one of them burst and I realized, and and I'm trying to get my steps in. So I had taken the stairs. Yeah. So I had leaked sticky purple liquid in, down the stairs, but it's like this grooved metal. And so I had to trace my steps back with a paper, scrubbing. <laughs> I would, I would have, I would have cried. I literally, that would have broken me. Yeah, I yeah. well, that didn't break me. What has broken me since in the couple of days since is I'll be walking on the stairs and there's a little spot I didn't get, and I'll stick my shoe stick and it'll be a reminder of my sins. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you did that. You tr- you tried to cover the evidence, but it's but done. we know, but we know, yeah. and now it's out there, and yeah. now it's out there, and now everybody knows, and now it's been documented. Yeah, yeah. but. That's whatever. There's worse things that you can do. Yeah. There's than worse ordering things you can do. There's freezies. worse things that you can do than like to try to survive however you need to survive as long as it's not hurting someone. You know what I mean? Like yes. uh, you can only stay with the pain for so long and you can only avoid it for so long. So eventually it will catch up with you the same way that joy will the same way that life will my dad used to say before he died and before he was sick he would say life is for the living so i try to do that right and i don't think he was saying like don't don't be sad right like don't grieve mm-hmm. things but like i do think that the only way to get through stuff is to also like embrace life and embrace what your life is. And that's what you're doing, right? Like you're doing like you're, yes, you're talking to doctors and you're also like talking about Vanderpump and like, you're living like a life, your life. Like you cannot copy paste your mom's life onto your own or her work onto your own. And there's no kind of getting back to the life that we had. So how do we live comfortably in whatever is left and try to build something out of the rubble? I don't know. I feel like that's that's kind of to me like the whole point. Um, mm-hmm. And now having kids who are 
older. Ralph was 22 months old when his dad died, and now he's about to be 11. So trying to, I don't know, like balance their really big feelings about this. Like my youngest son is biologically my current husband's son, but spiritually he believes that Aaron's his dad. (laughs) So like, who am I? Okay. You know? Yeah. Who am I to stop him from believing that? Well, and kids are very kids are very tapped into something bigger. They are. So they are. I would not be surprised if there was Mm -hmm. some guidance happening. Dude, same. Same. And also like I read, you know, a headline somewhere, uh, probably like a meme, but you know, when you have children, whether or not like they live, like, you know, they change your body. Like they leave, yes, your cells help make theirs, but also I read something that like their cells remain in you too and also Mm -hmm. change you. So even that pregnancy I lost is somewhere in me. Then my youngest was there. I'm like, it's all like somehow mixed together. You know, I'm like, yes, I don't know. He, they all have really big feelings about it. And the older they get, the more they understand or think they understand stuff too. So, and and to understand the impact. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the strangest thing is that you don't have another reality where this hasn't happened. So you have nothing to compare right. it to. So yes. there's ways that you can try to understand the effects and how this is for you and your family, but also you don't have a test family no. that no, there's no that, control group. No. Yes. <laughs> it's just all test. Like, yeah, so you don't know like what's yeah. what is this what is from this environment or yeah. if they would have turned out in certain ways just you know, mm-hmm. as is, that's what, that's what is so fascinating. But for yeah. some reason, the most comforting phrase that I kept repeating in my griefy times, and I guess still do is like, this is my story. Like mm-hmm. this, this is, yeah. this is the story of me. This is, it is. this is yes. the chapter I'm currently in. And mm-hmm. just like when you're reading a good book and you're not expecting it to take a certain turn, like that is the story. And, and that was how I got through the first year was, I was just like, this is me. I don't, Mm -hmm. I am now a fully changed, fully different person, um, for like some, with some positives and some negatives, but that's, that's all, that's all we're working with here. Yeah. That's all we got. I don't know if you've noticed this, but now I feel like all movies are about grief. And maybe they always were, but, you know, certainly now like all Pixar movies are, it's just all like death, existential crises. But I find a lot of comfort in, I mean, there's tedium in the movies, but um, the multiverse of it all, like every, every movie now is like, oh, sorry, there's a multiverse. Oh, that's how we're going to solve everything. Ah, Ripped, ripped open space and time. But I also find that really comforting too. And just to think like there's... There's a version where Aaron is here. There's a version where Aaron and I, Aaron is here, but we never met. There's a version where, you know, all these things. And there's a version where Aaron and Matthew met because I was just going through this box of Aaron's stuff and there were all these ticket stubs and ticket stubs to like bands that Matthew was friends with. That's my current husband's name. And like there were they were at the same shows that I would have never gone to. Like, there's just 
so much in the world to still connect us to the people that we lost. And I don't know. You caught me on a day where I really do think it's all beautiful. I love it. Look, I I I don't know if you view yourself as either like a pessimist or an optimist or mm-hmm. or just don't follow that yeah. kind of dichotomy. I I don't know what I was before, but I definitely skew towards pessimism at this point. But then yeah. it's like all the cliches apply. Like I'll see this. I saw the sunset last night. I was like, okay, the world like has yeah. beauty to it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and then and then I mean. Even taking stock of what the movies are like now, I feel like there are so many apocalypse movies, so many dystopian movies. Mm-hmm. It it does feel a bit like we're in the death rattle of the American empire a little yeah. bit, slash yeah. maybe yeah. the globe. So yes. it is it is interesting to because for me it's all pretty recent this grief yeah. journey, uh, but the world is on this trajectory where. People are feeling very raw and grappling with their grief, Mm -hmm. just the state of things. That alone is enough to Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, that's enough to be to be handling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do find that comforting and I do appreciate these moments and and my moments of thinking that life is beautiful happen, I think, the most Harking back to earlier is when I'm sitting on the couch watching Real Housewives or what have you, watching Drag Race, my partner Oliver, and just we're just like laughing and and like and then because we're laughing, the dog comes over and is like, "What's going on?" And I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay, yeah." Last night we so Friday nights, uh, Matthew sleeps somewhere else he sleeps in one of the kids rooms and then the little kids sleep with me in our room and we watch a movie and we we watch a movie on the couch we eat popcorn we have pizza they each get one small soda then Matthew leaves packs up his little bag leaves everybody goes into my bed uh and we watch an episode of Bob's Burgers and fall asleep and I was doing that last night. I was like, oh, yeah, this is my life. You know, like I had one of those moments where I was like, okay, this is my life. Like, how wonderful. Like, not everything is perfect, but here we are watching Bob's Burgers in bed with my husband down the hall. (laughs) Like, it just, yeah, not something I would have pictured for myself 10 years ago, not something I would have pictured for myself 15 years ago or when I was 20 or when I was. 14, I wouldn't have thought, oh, someday I'll be widowed, remarried, um, have a blended family, have, you know, a, a, an oopsie baby uh, <laughs> with a guy I barely know. Turns out it works out. We get married. <laughs> like, you hear that, everyone? Just go for it. If that's you, fucking go for it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. If you find yourself in a situation where you have to ask a guy, what's your middle name? And also, do you want more kids when you're already pregnant with his? Um, you hey, know, here, look, here's an example of a very successful trajectory of that experience. So okay. we'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll see. And I also like I do hold I don't know if you are this way, too, but I do hold everything pretty lightly now. And 
I don't know. I used to just think like, well, I did this thing, so now it's mine. I have to do this thing, right? Like I, I, I didn't love my career. I worked in advertising, and I was like, oh, but I'm. I already put. I literally remember being five years into my career and being like, well, I already put five years into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're, it kind of you're, breaks. You're 26, through. babe. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, it breaks through the kind of sunken cost fallacy or just yeah. all those little things you yeah. get hung up on that seem impossible. It's like, well, what what do I have to freaking lose at this S- point? Sink the cost. What do I care? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I I I mean, I had to start over and yeah, mm-hmm. certainly couldn't have couldn't have anticipated this life for myself. Yeah. And like the best one of the best examples and reminders of that is this I have after university, I'm like, I'm moving away. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna never live in the city again. again. Yeah. Um, lived my mountain woman life in a small town. I was like, this is this is me. Um, I've got my bear spray and I'm like hiking and I'm and and oh, I hate the shitty, you know, all this. And now I'm back here <laughs> and I'm happier yeah. than I could have imagined. And now and now um yeah who knew who knew yeah and and yeah and I'm fine with just like the park my little square of grass is my nature time like it's fine Mm. I don't know it 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 is unexpected but also leaves me open to all possibilities yes yeah because that's I don't know if you've found this but for me it's been one of the best things is I don't worry so much about statistics and eventualities and everything Mm -hmm. just because for me I would have thought um my my family was like sort of the pinnacle of health Mm -hmm. particularly my parents like they were sort of the quote healthiest people anyone really knew like my dad my dad was like yeah dad I knew who like worked out yes yeah Yes. Gym rats, um, eating really healthy, Mm. reading the studies to see what the latest health and everything. And so, but for me now I'm like, okay, like all, all bets are off. Like I don't have to worry about any, what runs in the family, whatever, because it's been so random and a lot of people that I would not have thought would be in good health are just doing great and still kicking. So Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Also, bad people live forever. It's wild. I'm sure some good people do too, but like just the worst – I the, my anger phase was just like uh, – not like anyone deserves a brain tumor, but definitely there are people who don't, you know, and I'd just be like, okay, so there's, that guy's going to live forever? Okay. There's, a, there's you know? an expression I love. Like, there's an expression in Spanish that I really love, bad weeds never die. Oh. Uh, and yeah. it's li- I love that it's an expression because yeah. I was like because I was saying that I was saying that to Oliver and I was like why like look at all these like yeah. you know whatever the the Trumps yeah. the whatever and he's like yeah. he's like yeah well there's yeah. literally an expression about this because yeah I don't know something about the hatred running through their it like emboldens Just, and strengthens them and yeah. <laughs> you think it would be pickling them but no they seem yeah, pickle Fine. exactly. It lasts forever. Shelf stable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, pickle. Yeah, okay. or maybe it is pickling pickled. Them, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're preserved. No, they seem like pickle people. This is a phenomenon. Okay, for all for all that I can say to criticize Trump, I'm like he with his. Di- he seems like he has some vibrance. Some he has a pep, some vigor. A, yeah, pep in his He's step. Pep in his step. <laughs> he does. He does. He does. Yeah. He does. yeah. So. Mm-hmm. 
he's here. Can't deny um, it. Can't deny yeah. it. Yeah. The people yep. we love aren't. And yeah. we just gotta we just gotta and keep here trucking. we go. Yeah. yeah. Here we, we just go. have to turn on our housewives and call it a day. <sighs> call it a day, baby. Yeah. I'm I'm uh on season three of Beverly Hills right now. Also a very griefy, very griefy cast. Very yeah. griefy cast. Yeah. Yeah, you're it's kind of unlocking something in my galaxy brain for this. So it it was mm-hmm. some dark early days in yeah. Beverly Hills. Really? And, yeah. And that's what is so interesting with the housewives is it it toes the line because we want we don't want it to be boring, but mm-hmm. at the same time, sometimes it gets too a little too real. Yeah. Too gritty. Yeah. yeah. And like sad, but not in an entertaining mm-hmm. way to watch, or you're like you should not mm. be filmed right now. No, this you is, should not be. Yeah. 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 So this it, is a little kinda, too, it's a little too, you're a little too fragile. You're a little baby bird. Mm-hmm. This one's yeah. stepped on. We shouldn't be yeah. watching this. Yeah. You kind of dip in and out. But are, so you haven't watched the recent seasons of Beverly Hills? No, I'm getting you? caught up. Okay. I'm, no, I like, I probably stopped in like season, I don't know, like 10 or something. So I'm, I'm just starting from the beginning so then I can catch up to okay. current. What, Are they on your, season 10 now? I I, I, I watched the – oh, can, then I, it wasn't season 10. I was I probably stopped watching maybe two seasons ago. So I was there for the Tom Girardi mm-hmm. collapse and the, and the Erica – that part. And then I stopped watching So and then I decided let's start at the beginning. Yeah. Catch all the way back. I, I did the same. Yeah. 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 It was it was actually, yeah, the intersection of uh <laughs> grief and too much time on my hands that I embroidered the whole like Tom's house was broken into and, and then I have a poster <laughs> in my other room that says okay. that. In okay. this house, we believe Tom's house was broken into yes. and he confronted the burglar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and people walk in and they're like, well, Tom's house. And then my son he rolled his car for what? I'm like, if you know, you know. Okay. It's look, they're my muses. It's it's fine. Do you is that do you have a favorite franchise? Is it early um New York? I think it, I think it's early New York. I like Beverly Hills. I used to really like Orange County. Honestly, I think Potomac is an unsung cast. I really do. I like early Atlanta and Potomac is just such a it's almost like a perfect cast, truly. Like it's just so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it might be, I honestly, Potomac might be one of my favorites. It is the unsung hero. I don't know it why really it's is. so underrated. I know. I think because nobody knows where Potomac is. <laughs> yeah, it almost sounds like a joke of a show because it sounds so unglamorous. It does. Um, it does. But no, it's a hidden gem. And I've been saying if, mm-hmm. if anyone needs a new self-care routine, just start watching Real Housewives Potomac. of Potomac. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think Robin Dixon is like. I would do anything for her, you know, if she ever needs anything. I hope she knows she can reach out to me. <laughs> like, I understand her staying with her husband. Like, I get it. Like, I can see, like, just, you know, like, she's loved him since they were teenagers. You know, like, she knows him yeah. on, like, this other level where it, like, makes sense to me that she can forgive the things she has forgiven. Not because she is weak, but because she, like, understands his weakness, yeah, well, that's you know? with compatibility. If yeah. you are either incompatible or you have your differences, but you are committed to bridging those differences, then yeah. you're compatible. 
Yes. Yeah. And I think she just can kind of see like, like his biggest weakness is like, he just does not know how to feel loved, you know? Okay. This is like, that's what I see. That's what I see in her. I see that she's just like, oh, you didn't do that because you're like trying to hurt me. You're doing that because like you feel so little about yourself, you know? I need to, I need to go and watch it with these goggles you watch, on. Yeah, because- you got to watch from the beginning too because it's like also like the amount of loss he experienced as a kid too and like that he was like sort of pulled into her family. So there's like, you know, mm-hmm. there's like this uh, – I don't know. I, I just like have such tenderness for them as a couple. <laughs> Like I'm like I get it. Everyone leave Robin Dixon alone. Like I I love that. I think she's perfect. I think she's a perfect person. I love that. That's how I feel about Sheena Shea on Vanderpump Rules. I do too. I got a lot of gut for that. But I look leave Sheena just wants to be loved so desperately. She will do anything at any moment. Yes, she to be loved by whoever's in front of her. Yes, Sheena is a mirror mm-hmm. for me. Yes, too. Where I'm like, oh, like you know, some of the stuff. She, I'm like, oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I've yes. said this before here, but in my um, my darkest truths, you know, I I need to acknowledge that I'm I'm a Sheena, Sun and Moon, and a Kristen rising, and that's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I that's what I, I'm. That's what I, I need to get to that Kristen underbelly with you. Emily, that's oh. what I want to see. I want to see the Kristen rising. I want to see. Uh, well, if I, I turn see. this camera Sarah, around, you'd in a, in a in an alley, just <laughs> just and stumbling. Guess what? All. Guess what? Guess what? I flew her in. I flew her in. Just see how he gets out of this into one. The swamp. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know. I know. My greatest restraint was going to Sir and being served by Diana, oh. and not and like not and trying to keep just like a normal face and not explain like not saying they, like they want you, know, you suck to suck a dick theater. but particularly her screaming suck a dick is yeah. not <laughs> i think she probably <laughs> hears that a lot in her life That's because of the comedic values yes yeah yeah and i had a friend who didn't watch the show and she's like can you explain i'm like i'll I'll explain I'll later. I'll explain it later. God, why did I even bring you? Ugh. Like, <laughs> when did you do like the baseline homework to enjoy this experience? Come Look, on. It's it's okay. I I am more than happy about Scandival bringing people over. Like yeah. that's yeah. – I've been trying to evangelize uh-huh. for this show. And and I've, I know some original people who watched are not happy about the new viewers. I'm like, the more the merrier. Like The more we, the merrier. Bring them on. Bring them on. Yeah. I, the more the merrier, I say, is a new one. Uh, first of all, the more the merrier. When I joined, yes. the more the merrier. <laughs> but <laughs> when me and my sons <laughs> join, when my sons and I watch Vanderpump, we are joining your community. You cannot keep a seven-year-old and an almost 11-year-old out, okay? They enjoy it too. My almost 11-year-old for his birthday wants to go to Sir. I don't know if he's allowed. He wants a kid. Can you've, kids eat there? You've raised your kids right. I mean, it's a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And he then he's to- his aspiration, he wants to meet Lisa Vanderpump. And then eventually he wants to work for Lisa Vanderpump. <laughs> he loves Lisa Vanderpump. He oh. thinks she is like the most beautiful, amazing creature on the planet. He he loves Lisa Vanderpump. That's it. Oh, bless his bless his heart. I mean, she has the mini ponies. She has the swans, the swing. Like, what's she has not? It all. 
She has that's it like all. a kid's playground in a way. It's true. That's it's true. incredible. Oh my god, I'm th- like hearing you talk to him about those relationship dynamics yeah. and how he's aware of them. I I worked with kids that age, mm-hmm. and I was in awe and also slightly triggered by thinking about my own childhood, being like, yeah. "You have so many tools," and that's. Yes. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable because we didn't – I watched a lot of reality TV, you know, in my – I mean, I watched Real World at his age. I was not allowed to, but my parents also blocked MTV from our cable, but like – I was like a child hacker. By the way, there was just a code. The code was the same as our garage code, so real tough one. Um, But I watched it with like out any adult context, and I think our kids consume so much media just without context. So then mm-hmm. they believe like that what they're seeing is normal. And I think with just like a conversation, it also opens them up to be able to tell you when like we like when they uh, when they encounter anything confusing or weird about life. So mm-hmm. I don't know, we went and saw Barbie and that also gave us a lot to talk about too, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, you don't know what that means. Well, do you want to learn it from your mom? Because better you learn it from me than a kid on the bus. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. I Okay. So my mom would always say that there's an abundance of good women in the world, but mm-hmm. a deficit of good men. So anyone 100%. raising boys yes. and raising them right with that type of compassion is doing like a service to the world. Yeah. They also have as many feelings as girls and like not as many, you know, I just, I, I really do believe in like the tenderness and the softness of boys and in nurturing that and encouraging that quality in them and not trying to get them to fit into whatever the world will eventually expect of them. And, uh, so it's been, it's been like fun. I posted, so I was like, the best part of being a boy mom is having someone who wants to cross stitch and watch Vanderpump with me. And that's true. Okay. (laughs) The best part about being a boy mom is watching them give each other manicures. (laughs) You, okay. That's the best, best type of, of boy mom. And on that note, I'm going to, I'm going to let you get to your, to your terrarium class, (laughs) to your terrariums. (laughs) Got to get to the terrariums. Yeah. And I want to thank you so much for for oh, joining us today. Emily, thank you for having me. You're so yeah. wonderful. I I would have to say the same, and I'll link everything down below for those who aren't already following along. Yeah. But yeah, see you soon, sad people. All right, <laughs> au revoir, mes amours. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.